And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. Hello everyone and welcome to Earth Destruction Directive. I am your host, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. Thank you everyone for downloading and listening to the show today. Hope everyone enjoyed our last episode where we took a look at the Marvel Comics miniseries The Rise of Ultraman. Um, modernist sort of take on the uh, classic Ultraman uh, mythos from Subaraya. Changing gears a little bit today, we're doing uh, something else that's kind of a modern update, but a modern update not of a TV series, but of a video game. We are taking a look at the 2018 film Rampage, of course the um, film adaptation of the classic arcade and uh, console video game Rampage. And this time out, when, when I say we, I don't mean that in simply a grammatical sense. I mean it in a very real and literal sense, as I am joined by my brother, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. How you doing, Jack? Hey, thanks for having me, Luke. Oh, no problem. I figured I had to have you on for this because, if nothing else, we played a lot of Rampage we back did. in the day on the Sega Master System. And we played a lot of Rampage even before that in the Contemporary Hotel... Uh, at Disney uh, in the coin-op yes, in our days. Yes, the Contemporary Resort, that classic arcade down in the basement. Yeah. Um, and this being two true freaks, we are allowed to talk about Disney stuff. Um, you know, uh, Scott Gardner, two true freaks OG, Scott Gardner, yeah. uh, at one point admitted to being super jealous of me for actually getting to go to that arcade with the shooting gallery. Oh, because my God. It is, no, that shooting gallery was gone before the rest of the arcade yes, was, yes, I yes, the yes. whole thing is gone now, I believe. Yeah, I, I believe it's wrong. I, I didn't remember it being. I have not been inside the Contemporary Resort except on the monorail going through it. Yes, In many, many years. Yeah, me so, uh, But this is not a Disney podcast. Um, no. Yeah, so, but anyway, so we are taking a look at Rampage. Rampage was uh, released. So it was uh, released, uh, it was April 4th, 2018 for the Microsoft Theater. And then actually, uh, excuse me, April, yeah, April 13th. 2018 for the United States wide release. Yes, so it was kind of the early end of the 2018 summer box office yeah. going in April. Uh, so our director is Brad Payton. It's interesting. Uh, this is actually his third collaboration with the star. Of course, star being Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, you know, biggest star in Hollywood. I think you might have heard of him. Uh, the Pebble. Yeah. So, so Brad Payton, uh, before doing this one, did Journey to the Mysterious Island. In 2012. In yep. 2012, and then San Andreas in 2015. Now, I've not, I've seen the original, the Journey 1, which is Journey yes. to the Center of the Earth with Brandon Fraser. That I've seen. Uh, and that one was good. I've not seen Journey 2. The I, don't think, I don't think I've seen it either. I think it was one of the ones that I think my daughter wanted to see, we just never got to during the pandemic time. You know? Right. But San Andreas is that very that good. That I mean, for a movie that did not get a whole lot of play, like another disaster movie and the rocks in this one. Yeah. And the guy that played Reed Richards in those two Fantastic Four movies is in there. Um, the San Andreas is actually really, really good. I, that one I gets a, a recommend from me. It's actually better than it should be. Yeah, it's one of those ones that doesn't need to be as well written as it is, but it's actually pretty intelligently yeah. handled. So yeah. I, I like that. So uh, a good choice here, considering. As I said, uh, our star, first star, biggest star in the world, 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You've, I'm guaranteed you've seen him in something and you're a fan of him from something. Yeah. But uh, we knew him when, back as... Uh, as Rocky uh, Mayavia. Rocky Mayavia. Die, Rocky, die. Yeah. Die, Rocky, die. For, for those of you who actually... I actually knew him before that. I knew when he was playing football at the uh, University of Miami. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, so. Or if you prefer Flex Kavana in the USWA. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, he's he's made one or two good movies and one or two successful movies, so we don't need to to to, to go too far on that. Anytime that Dwayne Johnson's in your movie, though, it's like we're going to spend the money to at least put it out there and make sure people notice it, good, bad, or otherwise. As the result, this is not a movie with Dwayne Johnson's not going to sail under the radar. Yeah, and it's definitely going to make money. That is that is he is guaranteed he is guaranteed box office, which is hard to say nowadays because you can say like, oh, I'm a real big fan of and. Fill in whatever star you want to talk about, but Dwayne Johnson has a guaranteed, you know, like two hundred million dollar hit every time he's in a movie. Yes, you're going to make two million, two million dollars, two hundred million dollars every time. Why? Because Dwayne Johnson's in it. Boom, boom, boom. Doesn't matter if it's Jungle Cruise. Doesn't matter if it's whatever. You know, nowadays he is a bona fide number one A list star. Mm-hmm. Which, yep. let's be honest. When we first, I mean, as a wrestler, you're like, oh, he's a wrestler. You know, yeah. kind of thing. Who's going to go over? Then he made, like, Doom and things like that. Like, really? And then it's like, oh, yeah, because he's just that good. Yeah. Yep. He's bigger than every other human being in the world, too. That helps, like, too. That helps, too. Uh, so our female lead uh, is Naomi Harris. Naomi Harris plays Dr. Kate Caldwell. There's a lot of different avenues you might know Naomi Harris for. When I saw her, I said, hey, it's Miss Moneypenny. So it's Eva Moneypenny from the uh, the modern uh, Daniel Craig, James Bond films. Yeah. Well, not, yeah, my my recognition of her um, when I first saw, I mean, she actually uh, is um, she's in Venom. Let uh, Let There Be Carnage. Yes, she plays Shriek. In yeah, that. Yes. she does. Which is which is funny. Again, I, I mean, obviously, I didn't know that at the time because 2018 when I first right. saw this. But when she when I, we watched when my when our, my family watched. Let there be carnage. You go, hey, that's the girl from Rampage. Yes. You know? Going back even further than that, she was in 28 Days Later. Yes. She's where I know her too. Way back in 2002. She also is in um, the, I think it's the third Pirates of the Caribbean. Second and third. Second and third. She is, uh, yep, Tia Dama. She's She's one one of the pirates that they hire as the crew to go get Jack, I think, Uh, right? So she's... um, Yes, I, I, yeah, she's part of the. She's she's one. She's one. Of the, I want to say she's one of the pirate captains. Yeah, I think yeah. she does actually captain that. that yeah, yeah. And yeah. I said I, I mostly know her as 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 Eve Moneypenny, which yeah. is a real good role for her in yeah. the in some of the later Daniel Craig ones. Uh, this, in fact, what might be a little different, I think, some of you um, again listening to a, a, a kaiju podcast, like a Dai Kaiju podcast here. Um, if you've never seen Twenty Eight Days Later, it is one mm. of the best zombie movies. Um, and you'll say, well, it's from 20, 2002. How good could it be? It was so, uh, I don't want to say earth right. It was, it was such a, a departure from what we thought zombie movies should be. And it was smart, intelligent. It's about, it's the rage virus. It's all these things that now we take for granted, but this is literally so super important. And oh, she yeah. is a, she's very important there. Uh, Colin, uh, Kylan Murphy's in there. Colin Murphy's in there. Colin, so, yeah. You know, we you know, we know him as, uh, you know, playing Jonathan Crane, you yeah, know, the, the Scarecrow, the scarecrow yeah. and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, our other female lead, Malin Ackerman, uh, probably I know her best besides the fact that she was on Trophy Wife. She is the Silk Spectre in Watchmen. Yes, yes. And uh, Another she, good movie that people overlooked. <laughs> well, you know, Watchmen, Watchmen Watchmen's breeds, it breeds strong emotional it does. response. I, I enjoyed Watchmen yeah. very much. Uh, but she was, I mean, she's done a lot of different things. Uh, like I said, she was in uh, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. 
Um, you know, she was in The Invasion. Uh, she did some comedies. Like, she was in Couples Retreat. I think she's think married so. to Vince Vaughn in Couples Retreat. I've seen it Retreat, once. I don't remember. I think like so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so she probably, you know, she's got a very distinctive look. So she's always kind of, uh, when she pops up, it's like, oh, it's Malin Ackerman, you know. Yeah. In fact, was, I was watching something. Well, I forget what I was watching. And it's like, is that Malin? It was something uh, uh, on TV. It was like, is that Malin Ackerman? And it's like, well, I'll be damned. It is, you know. So, uh so uh, she she plays actually our our villain. She plays Claire Wyden yeah. in this, and uh, nice to see her. She usually like I think she sometimes plays like a bad girl, but usually not a villain. So I thought that was yeah. that was interesting. The other cast member I will mention uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, um, who I'd like to point out was also in Watchmen. Well, I loved in Watchmen. He's a comedian. Again, okay. not not to, I know it's not a Watchmen podcast, but like if it's a movie that is got layers to it. A lot of layers to it. Yes. Um, but in all fairness, the source material right. yes. is, is not, this isn't a light read. This isn't, no. a, this isn't a little a jaunty, this isn't an Archie jaunty, you know, for the weekend, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Right, yeah. So, Archie's Watchmen. I could see you do a version of Watchmen like a, with, with the red Archie? circle. No, with the red circle characters. Oh, with, like, with Shield oh, yeah. and, and the Hangman and all that. Oh, I think it'd be funnier if it was Archie. Oh, absolutely be funnier. Just if it was Jughead Archie. is his, no, uh, his, his Jughead uh, getting thrown out the glass as a comedian, or Jughead be uh, be oh, Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. Oh, Just walking yeah. up there with like the crown and the naked, thing otherwise naked, yeah. the, a burger or the stomps through <laughs> Vietnam. It's like it is Tuesday. I could use a burger. Yeah. It is six months ago. I also could use a burger. Uh, but Jackie Dean Morgan is uh, probably best known now. He's Negan on The Walking of course, Dead, of course. Um, which is great because when he was uh, cast as Negan, I said, "Oh wow!" So he's playing another cool comic book character. He's playing uh, after yeah. playing the uh, the comedian. Um, he also is uncredited. We're going to keep the uh, Zack Snyder thing going. He played Thomas Wayne yes. in Batman v Superman. Yes, he does, but is not credited in that. Yeah. So. I just want to mention one other guy who's in here. He's not in here very long. Joe Manganiello. Yeah, Joe. Joe Manganiello. Um, and I we, we want to make, and, and you're like, Joe Manganiello. I'm like, yes, Magic Mike, Magic Mike XXL, you know, Joe Manganiello from True Blood. Yes, that Joe Manganiello. Uh, just because of his love for uh, D&D and like, um, you know, his, um, uh, the, the geeky side of yep. nature and like his whole thing about being, you know, a geek. Mm-hmm. But yet you look at him, the guy's like, you know, this monstrous, tall guy, good looking, women swoon over him. And he's like, yeah, we're playing D&D. And, he, and not D&D with like, like D&D with other famous people, like board games and things like that. Like yeah. He's all into that. And I always want to like, I know people like, it was a big thing when like, MJF came out against them and whatever. It's yeah. like, to, you know, get you know, a rub. But it's like, it's so cool that he he's open about being a geek. Yes. And I know some of you think like, well, Jay, it's 2022 and you can do those. Thanks. Yeah. Check yourself. Um, But it's really nice to see a mainstream Mm -hmm. star say, it's okay to do this. There's nothing wrong with this. Right. It was very similar to sort of like Vin Diesel. Yes. He had like like a running D&D game. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know that I want either of them as my DM. I'm just putting that out there because you know they're going to find some creative way to like really kill you. I want them players. I don't want them as a DM. So, you know? <laughs> so there is a oh, who was it? It's um, man, I totally blanked on who it is. It's one of the guy. It's it's two. It's one, and I now I'm thinking to myself. They were they were playing Stratomag baseball. It's a picture. It's like it's not Snoop Dogg, but it's like yeah. it's like like <laughs> like a like a hard like a rapper. Yes, and it and it, it's and it's um um the guy from uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh uh, right, right. And there there's a picture of them on a plane playing stratomatic baseball 
as they're flying home. And people are like, what, what are they doing? I go, oh my God, they're playing Stratomatic. And it was like the coolest thing ever. Um, you know, uh, it's, I, I, I'm, I, I'm totally blanking on it. I'm so sorry, folks. You know, Chuck D and Tom Morello? Tom, Chuck D and Tom Morello play. That's it. <laughs> Tom Morello, I should know. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. All my the people who listen to Turbo should know you should know that. And Chuck D playing Stratomatic baseball. And that, as a Stratomatic player, right? You know, kind of thing. And as a baseball player, that to me says, wow, look at this. It's okay to be yourself because yeah. I don't think anyone would ever accuse Chuck D or uh, um, Tom Morello of being soft. No, no, just throwing it out there. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. So anyway, sorry. Let's get no, back to the that's movie. That's perfectly fine. Well, you know, look look for our forthcoming celebrities playing games podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we call it High Roller. That's what we're going to call it. Write that down. <laughs> all right. So, uh, we, so let's get right into our story. Can, we got can a lot we do to one thing. Real oh, quick. yes. By all means. Uh, the movie runs about 107 minutes. Um, so, you know, it's right in that like, summer blockbuster oh, yeah. perfect length. Um, budget between 120 and 140 million. I'm going to tell you right now, it looks like, I mean, it, you're not wondering where the money went. Oh, it's on the, the screen. The money's on the screen. Um, gross about 400, $428 million. That's a pretty impressive gross yeah. for an April release. Right. You know, yep. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, 120 going in, 420 coming out, you know, if I can get four times on my investment or three and a half times on my investment, right. that's a success. Yeah. I know sometimes, and this is, I think, the rub we get sometimes. People are like, well, they didn't make like, you know, 500 million or like 700 million or like, but it didn't cost 300 million to make. Right. You know? And, and a film like this, first off, starring it's the It's a rock. popcorn movie. But starring The Rock, yeah. based on a video game, yeah. part of this is like, okay, so I mean, it only did $101 million in the U.S., did 327 in other territories. Sure. But this is an easy movie to export to other countries. It's not even like there's – sometimes you get these Hollywood summer tentpole movies. It's like, okay, can we sell this in China? Which we shouldn't care about, but we do because that market is just too big to ignore. Mm -hmm. And then you get situations where – Characters are added or scenes are written to appeal to the Chinese market. We talked about this with Godzilla versus Kong. Yes, 100%. You know, and, and we've seen this. We saw this with Skull Island uh, on a non-Daikaiju example. I mean, there's some people that argue that's why Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings was made, was to sell it specifically in China. And I can buy it. Sure. And as a Western viewer, I thought it was fantastic, I it was but I can too. see how that's going to market mm -hmm. in, in, in the East, too. In, in all fairness, though, if you think about this, when you go back and look at the Fast and Furious oh. that the Rock's in these, right? If you look at the way the movies have grown from the Vin Diesel, you know... Uh, Vin Diesel and Paul, and Paul Walker, Walker in Los Angeles, yeah. You know, kind of thing, as they've grown, the, the later movies are 100% designed to be sold... I mean, they stay sell in America. Yeah, they make tons of money. But they, they yeah. sell everywhere because it's not to say that they're dumbing them down, but they're making them more palatable to a world market. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Rampage fits this. Rampage fits it, absolutely. Because after all, we're family. Yeah. <laughs> Still a buster. That's for Derek W. Crab right there. <laughs> the buster. Okay. So our story goes a little something like this. And our plot summary comes from Wikipedia. Athena-1, a space station owned by gene manipulation company Energine, is destroyed after a laboratory rat mutates and wreaks havoc, 
Carrie Atkins, a lone surviving crew member, manages to escape in the escape pod when the station implodes, along with pathogen canisters that Energine CEO Claire Wyden, there's Alan Mackerman, orders her to retrieve, but the pod disintegrates upon re-entry, killing her and leaving a trail of debris across the United States. One canister is swallowed by an American crocodile in the Everglades, and another lands in a Wyoming forest where a wolf is exposed to the pathogen. So a lot to unpack here. So we start out in space on the space station, and uh, stuff's gotten real on the space station yes. because when we get there, it is destroyed. Yeah. And we, we get, you know, uh, um, the one astronaut, Carrie Atkins, and she's on the radio back to, to Energine and saying, no, you will get the canisters before you leave. That's some... That you're immediately setting up, okay, evil company, yes. right? When they won't let someone evacuate out of the space station unless they also, like, to the fact that they've locked the door on the yes. escape pod, yeah. as I'm showing up to the mic how the yeah. door is locked, um, before they allow her to escape. Like, this isn't like, in, I'll reference a movie here, Leviathan, where you think the company might not care, you know, about what's happening, they really yeah. want whatever. This is... A hundred percent on the nose. No, 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 no. You you mean nothing. The canisters are what we need. Yes. There's no subtext there. It's yeah. just text. Just text. <laughs> so, no, and I do like this. So we do get to see the giant lab rat. Oh my and God. he is he's giant. Gross. He is gross. gross. He's all drooling and yeah. he's nasty and stuff. But he is giant insofar as he'd say what? R-O-U-L-S? Yes. You know, rodent of unusually large size. He's not a daikaiju. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. But he is a very big rat that is, you definitely know this guy caused some issues. Yeah. And the thing that I like, besides using a rat, which of course, that makes sense from a narrative standpoint, you would test something on a rat, yes. you know, uh, in the Atari Lynx port of Rampage, yes. they added a fourth character as the exclusive and it was Larry the Rat. And so I said, of course there's a rat. And if you go back into the archives... Of both Earth Destruction Directive and Bots, Bugs, and Babes, when we did the 2018 Monster Movie Preview episode, we said that we expected there to be a giant rat in this movie because there was Larry the Giant Rat we in did. the Atari Lynx port. Now, the other later ones from like World Tour and stuff, they don't show up, but, no, but it, Larry does make a, a little cameo here at the beginning. Um, so then the, so the canisters crash, and they, they are designed to survive re-entry, so yeah. they make it in. We see the one land in Wyoming, and it's the whole pack of wolves, and the one yeah. wolf comes and is kind of poking at it. Then it lands in the, the Everglades. Uh, Everglades, and it's just floating there, and you're like, okay. And then the gator, jump, chop. <laughs> that, legitimately, yeah, yeah. that legitimately cracked me up that yeah. the crocodile came up and just ate it. Yeah, because that's what crocodiles do. <laughs> that's so. pretty much what they do. Yeah. So we're we're all, I mean that, that will say the movie starts very quickly. We are we are right away oh, moving along, up and running. Right? Yeah. So primatologist Davis Okoye, that's the rock. Uh, as if this next sentence will prove it. A former U.S. Army Special Forces soldier and member of an anti-poaching unit. That sounds like the rock. Okay. He now works at the San Diego Wildlife Sanctuary. He has befriended a rare albino western lowland gorilla named George that he saved from poachers who killed his mother and communicates with him via sign language. One of the canisters crash lands in George's habitat, and he is exposed to the pathogen. Okay. So so before, the, before we get to the... Because we've already seen George... Th at this point, yes. we've already seen George... Inter uh, so The Rock is going in with... Uh, the, you know the his partner kind yeah. of thing, right? You know, and then the two, the, one of them is the the, the, the they're students, but they're like 
They're, zero, they're, they're like graduate. Graduate level. Yeah, yeah. They're so like he's zoological, trying, zoological So he's trying to show them the, 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 all the different um, – because they're introducing the new gorilla that is yes. going to be part of it. And he's a, he's a juvenile male. And the whole thing is George isn't there. And it's like, well, how is he going to interact? And then George comes and The Rock is talking to George via sign language yes. and saying he is our family now. We take care of him. He's part of our, our, you know, our herd. Yes. Right. And it's so. George is is you have to understand the other gorillas are, are, are apes are you know, actual apes. Yes. George is CG. Yes. And you know at first like okay like is this going to be okay for me to watch? Is it going to be? But it, it you totally buy it because George is already a larger ape. Yes. Than the other juveniles that are there, and it may and it's done well. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's like it's, oh, so like, but it's it's one of those things because he's also albino. Yes, and that stands out because you know the other apes are, look, they look like gorillas. They're they're, gorillas, they're, they're right. you know dark. Their their skin is dark no. and their fur their is, dark. is dark. Yeah. And here is George with very pale skin mm-hmm. and white fur, and that already makes him stand out as being different because again, albino gorillas are so rare. They are very so rare, rare yeah. to see, let alone survive. They right. are they are poached. Into extinction almost. Yeah, and actually I did, as sad as that whole scene is where we see the flashback about George's family, George's mother being killed, and that's how Okoye finds him, it's it's accurate, right? Because, I mean, poaching is still a very real problem for gorillas in, in, you know, and and albino ones, again, they're so rare that there are unfortunately still, uh, you know, people in this world that'll pay money to have the hand of an albino as a as albino ape as a ashtray. So I'm I'm just going to say this though, um, and and you know people can think what they want here. Um, the scene we see it's very hard, and whatever, and then they say, well, what happened to the those poachers? And they kind of show what happened to those poachers, yeah, yeah. and you can understand. At no point you're going, you you don't feel bad for them. You, the Rock gives them. I mean, he's spe- he's ex special forces. Yeah. Well, and, you he, know. and he says it. He says, they shot at us. I shot back. I got out. They didn't. Yeah. And it's very, it's, yeah. it's not it's left to the yeah. imagination. Yeah. You know that Rock is like, and yeah. he, and you can see in, in, in the Rock's face. I know some people have accused the Rock of not, but he, he does the smolder. He does the whatever, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, the, hmm, you know, yeah. kind of thing, right? From uh, um, Jumanji. Jumanji. Uh, the, the thing is that you can see, I mean, Dwayne Johnson understands how to emote. And in that scene, it, 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 you would believe that he really had to go and kill these people before yeah. shooting at him. So I shot them back yeah. and I don't miss. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like I bought it. And it's like, and you can say, oh, Jay, whatever. But you buy it. You yeah. 100% buy that he loves George and George loves him. Yes. And he, this their family. Yeah. And, and, but I like about this also is that we do get, we get to see some insight into George's personality also. Yeah. And obviously him and Davis have known each other for a while oh, yeah. because George makes a show out of like he's go, you know, beating his chest and flailing his arms around, and it's all an act. Yeah, and they, and the and he's assigns to Davis that you know, yeah, he's, he's a pussy, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole point is, is that he, you know, it's showing his intelligence stuff. But then, but the the interaction between The Rock and George is funny because they act as if they are brothers. Yes. Like there's there's a relation there, and it's so back and forth. It's it's, it's just very funny to see. Um, I like that the rock, his symbol for himself is a rock. His rock. His rock. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like his name. It's not like something else. Yeah. His actual sign language is rock. Yes. And 
I think some people might have missed that. Yeah. You know, kind right. of thing, not really, I mean, not. I don't have a ton of exposure to right. American Sign yeah. Language, but I know what the word rock is. Well, in and in ASL, yeah. you you get to you assign, assign your what your name is. Yeah. And if you're some, again, my understanding, and if I'm getting this a little inaccurate, I apologize, is that if you are a hearing person and you know someone, that they can also give you a name yeah. because that's what they're referring to you as because that's how they communicate with right. you. So, yeah, he would name himself Rock. Yeah, course. but I'm saying it, but it's so funny because yeah. it's, it's a little inside joke yeah. that no one, if you, it, you you don't need to know it to know the movie, yeah. but it's solely, you know, oh, it's The Rock. Of course yeah. he's yeah. The Rock, you know? Yeah. You know? So, after the exposure, George grows considerably larger and more aggressive. Davis is contacted by genetic engineer Dr. Kate Caldwell. Um, we said is, um, that's uh, uh, Naomi Harris. Yep. And uh, Dr. Kate explains that the pathogen was developed by Energine to rewrite genes on a massive scale. She had hoped to advance research on CRISPR, as it is called, as a potential cure for diseases, but discovered Energine's plan to use it as a biological weapon and was falsely incarcerated, during which her terminally ill brother died. Okay, so uh, we find, you know, we see George get exposed to the pathogen. The next day, you see Davis rushing in with his assistant because... George is in the grizzly enclosure instead of in the gorilla enclosure. And the grizzly bear is not doing well. The grizzly bear has its had its neck, it's had its back broken and, yeah. it's, and it's dead. So the biggest, largest predator in the world, like for size. Land-based Land-based predator. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Land-based predator. Ma- mammalian predator, right. right? Has now been broken in half. Yeah. And so we see George. George is hiding because he's scared. And he's yeah. scared. Yeah. To to Davis, and he comes out, and he's he's inside a cave inside right. the enclosure, and he comes and he steps out, and now he's he was a very large ape, but even a large ape is only maybe five five and a half feet tall. Yeah, he might but, have been a little he, bit, yeah. but he's a little bit bigger. But now he's now he's huge. eight feet tall. Now he's huge. Yeah, and and it's, now, it's a really good reveal because you can't get a good look at him because he's hunched down, and he's in the shadows in the cave, and then he comes and steps out and. The way, again, the way Davis reacts to it is like, he was half this tall yesterday. Yeah, he's twice his size now. Yeah. yeah. And so that's when Dr. Kate sees this, uh, or sees the stuff about the the, um, the canisters crashing and stuff. And she ends up at the zoo, or at the, the wildlife preserve. Yeah. And they've put him, they've got him into the infirmary because they have no place else to put him. Yeah. And, and they're trying to treat his wounds. Yeah. And he, because that's, the rock says, why did you, why did you hurt him? And he said, he hurt me. And there's these gouges across yeah. his chest, and you can see he, you know, and they're fresh wounds. Yeah. Right? And so what happens? We see that these fresh wounds happen, that, that George got scared, something happened, he got into the bear enclosure, and the bear attacked him. Yeah. Because the bear's not gonna back down, no, you know. No, you know bears they're not, right, not afraid right, of anything. Right. And you can see his wounds. And so they're trying to treat his wounds, they're trying to, to get him in there, but you have to keep, but what have he keeps saying hungry. Yeah. Hungry. Yeah. And like, well, I'd be hungry too if I'm growing inside yeah. quickly. Yep. You know? So, um, George is, like I said, he's very hungry, but is so upset, he escapes from captivity and goes on a rampage at the preserve, really, <laughs> Wikipedia. Uh, George is eventually calmed. They, uh, Davis talks him down, and then they shoot him with uh, the, the federal, the feds show up. Yeah. And they shoot, or no, excuse me, it's the, it's the local police. They come and they shoot him with animal tranquilizers. Uh, but then George is captured, taken custody by a government team led by Agent Harvey Russell. That's, of course, Jeffrey Dean Stanton. Jeffrey Dean Stanton. And put on a Boeing C-17 Globemaster III. 
Uh, meanwhile, while this is going on, Claire and her brother Brett. Okay, so I'm going to yeah. say one thing right what, here, Brett. Want, okay, you jump in with Brett. Here. I don't want to jump over Brett. Um, I, I don't know who that. I don't never seen this actor really before or anything else like that. Yep. He is eating a. This is a multi-billionaire, right? Yes. Got a pop tart and a, like a sleeve. Yeah, like he's eating the whole. He's 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 goofy for what he is, and I understand his role here. But I was like, find him like, huh? Like his sister is willing to murder the world. And this guy's yeah. like, but I'm eating a pop. I got my pop tart right now. Also, in their office, he has a. A, a Rampage arcade cabinet yes. and a Rampage World Tour arcade cabinet. Yes, he cabinet. does. So, so he's just like in case he's 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 definitely like the kid brother. Yeah. who's there because he she she has to have him there. Yeah, you, you yeah. got a feeling that like they they inherited the parent the company yes, from their yeah, parents. Right. It's like okay, yeah. Brett. He, Brett has to be <laughs> Brett's able to go do whatever he wants. Really, yes. kind of thing. So Claire so. and her brother Brett oversee a mercenary team who are sent to Wyoming to capture the mutated wolf. Who uh, that is Ralph from the game, uh, but that ends in colossal failure uh, as the entire team is slaughtered yeah, so, by Ralph. Yeah, Joe Manganiello uh, leads the team. On his team is uh, UFC and um, WEC champion Uriah Faber. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some other guys on that team you know as character actors, um, especially if you know uh, you know if you're watching movies where you have like a mercenary team or a um, you know, a team of uh, whatever, you know, from different movies, mm-hmm. um, including one of the guys who in, uh, he's the, the I want to say he's the tailor in the Daredevil series. Yes. The one who makes the armors and stuff. He's yeah. in there too. So. That's Gladiator, isn't it, in the Daredevil one? I, I, I don't remember. Okay. I, I know he's I know the Gladiator one. was a tailor at one point. That's all I'm saying. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that whole scene, first off, I'm a sucker for, you know, that type of stuff mm-hmm. where it's mixing like military with, monsters and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that uh but yeah that that is for pg-13 movie that is some gruesome fates mm-hmm. that those that those mercenaries uh re- i mean not saying it's deserved not deserved no. but but ralph's a wolf yeah right and right. we and we see first off that he has killed the entire pack yeah he's killed his own pack in his quest for food and we see him running like running through the woods picking up and just eating yeah. just as he's going so the thing is, I think what, what, what allows this to fall in the PG instead of getting close to an R yes. is because he's so giant. Yes. You know, I think if it was a, like a pack of wolves yeah. tearing someone apart, like, like the movie The Grey, right. you know, that is, yeah. I mean, there's a wolf tearing a guy apart, you know, kind of thing. This is very much, look at the size of this wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, maybe I should have brought the, brought the 50 cow. the 50 cow. I don't mean to laugh. We're talking about a pack of wolves. All I can think of is the end of Talladega Nights. Yeah. We're here to tell you that packs of wild dogs have taken over most of the major cities in America. But they, <laughs> so so they, they, including taking down the helicopter. Right? Yes. Something takes yeah. the helicopter. Ralph is really, Ralph is crazy looking because unlike Ralph from the game who walks upright. He's a werewolf. Basically. He's like a werewolf. Yeah. He runs on all fours like a wolf. Yeah. And so he, he really, I mean, he looks like a, he has a really well executed quadrupedal yeah. monster in this. Again, all done with CGI, yes. uh, you know, kind of thing because it's just the model work at this size wouldn't be feasible. Um, and I don't mean that in, in any kind of negative way, but like any kind of go motion or uh, like stop motion, forget about, but like any kind yeah. of go motion in camera stuff would not be as feasible, I think, to give the reality of this, the, his immense size yeah. needs to be done with CG here because it just would be weird in, he's too big. Yeah. He's too big. It's hard to believe that something could be too big for a model right. because we've seen things done with a model, but it would be 
inconsistent with the film. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's also the visual. We talk. I get I get raked over for this. It's the visual vocabulary. Yeah, you know. And I don't mind a lot of CG in a movie based on either. a video game. I don't need. It makes you know? sense here. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. This that actually makes more sense here. Now, the one my one complaint, and I will say this complaint about the entire film. I love that Ralph is a werewolf in the game. Yeah. I love that Lizzie is like Godzilla in the game. Yeah. And I love that he's like, you know, George is like King Kong. Yeah. Because they're bipedal and they go right. up and down. It's a video game. It has to work that way. Right. I, I, I liken this movie the way they reimagined them yeah. to be realistic. Mm-hmm. It would not be realistic if all of a sudden the wolf turned into basically a giant wolf man. Yeah. And he's like, you know... Somehow with his wolf parts covered. Yeah, he's got pants uh, on. He's got pants on because, you know, you know, well, we all we know all know wolf man. Well, that's funny because Ralph was your guy always I in Rampage. I love Ralph. See, yeah. it's funny. When we play together, it was Ralph and Lizzie. When I play solo, it's always George. Yeah. So I don't Me know. Too. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I play George, as George. I guess George is the solo guy. Yeah. You know? That's how yeah, it when I play, Whenever I play Rampage, because I have Rampage on different systems and stuff, yeah. I always play as George. Um, and then Haley was like, well, can we play together? And then she's like... I, she's like, oh, you're going to be the wolf? I'm like, of course, that's my guy, you know, kind of thing. Like, sorry, daughter, but I'm playing oh, as no, my no, guy. No, she wants to be Lizzie. Yeah, yeah she wants to be Lizzie. There you go. So Claire, hoping to capture Ralph and use George to cover up her plot, uses a massive transmitter atop the Willis Tower, because they're based in Chicago, to lure the animals who are engineered to respond aggressively to a certain radio frequency to Chicago. Unconcerned about the massive risk, to civilian lives this poses. George reacts violently to the sound, and remember, he's on the plane yes. when this happens, and crashes the plane, though Davis, Kate, and Agent Russell parachute to safety. George survives the crash and joins Ralph as they make their way to Chicago, while Davis and Kate are aided by Russell in stealing a military helicopter in pursuit. Yeah, it's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to unpack. So let's start at the beginning. So they um, Energine, a genetic engineering firm. Of course, we all know genetic engineering is magic. Yes. And can do whatever we need. So they have a frequency that they that they <laughs> set up that they lure them. Now that I'm willing to do. That they can go onto the top of the Willis Tower. That used to be the Sears Tower. Yes. Okay. Tallest building in North America. Yeah. They can just jaunt up onto the roof, turn on the giant transmitters and stuff on there, and that will broadcast this signal powerfully enough that they will reach Wyoming, San Diego, and Florida. So I'm willing to buy that they have a signal that can do that. Yes. I'm willing to buy that she doesn't care about killing everyone in the world. Agreed. I'm just not willing to buy they have that kind of access to the roof. No. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a there's lot of businesses in there. But, but not just that. It's not that they had access to the roof. They had to put it there. Right. Like so, someone had to build it. Someone had to build this yes. thing with the little, the little, the little human machine interface. Right, exactly. It's like I've been when I went there. It was still the Sears Tower. I've been there. There's a lot of other stuff. Yes. It's not this one company that owns yeah, this. It's thing. Not, yeah. There's yeah. an observation deck. There's all sorts of businesses, but uh, you it's know. Okay. It's okay. But so okay. So they turn on the frequency. Of we see Ralph's ears perk up, and he takes off. Okay. Then we cut to and this. I really like this. We're cut back to somewhere in Florida. Yeah. And apparently the uh, American croc that ate this thing has been content just to swim around in the in the uh, Everglades. in the Everglades eating everything because yeah. we see the guys in the fishing boats. Yeah. And then you see this giant shape under the water swimming and then the boats are getting like capsized yeah. as but it the, swims by. But the boats they're all trying to find places to to trawl to yeah. get. They can't find any fish <laughs> because it's been eating everything. They're, it's eating everything. But that's the great part about the American Everglades. Yeah. Right? Because as as well maybe people don't know this. Yeah. But like they're in they're 
huge. Yes. Right? And people get lost and die in there all the time by mistake without even trying to get lost and killed in there, right? Because they just get to exposure and whatever else. So if something was eating all the fish, it's not like anyone would be like living necessarily there. Oh, there's fish are gone. Like it's, it's, but it's also probably engulfing all the snakes, all the turtles, all the other crocodiles, all the alligators. Like, it's eating everything. Oh yeah, but you wouldn't notice because people aren't getting eaten. It's yeah. It's not. I mean, yeah. It's the same with with uh, Ralph out in the wilds in mm-hmm. Wyoming. Yeah, that's not a highly populated area. Yeah, you know, you could kill a lot of wild animals before somebody before someone starts start to notice. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, so George is. I said on the plane they've got him tranquilized. They've got him in a cage. Uh, he is the trank is starting to wear off. Yeah, because he's growing. Because he keeps growing, so he's like he's metabolizing it out. Yeah, and now he's going crazy. One might say bananas on the plane, and so it's this is it's funny because there's there's a certain thing now in especially modern action movies doing action sequences on cargo planes. Yeah, and on planes where the plane is crashing, and so it's changing the way that the physics are working inside the plane because you're falling. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 yes. does this. Triple uh, X Return of Xander Cage does this. And there's, there's at least a couple more. And the other one I'm thinking, at one point in this, they end up opening the cargo yeah. bay on the back so that they can get out. Yeah. Because otherwise they're going to crash in the plane. I mean, that goes all the way back to uh, Temple of Doom. I was going to say, that's Temple of Doom. And in the modern context, that's Furious 7, where they're, yeah. they parachute the planes out. You know, no, they parachute the cars out. The cars out. The cars out. Yeah, yeah cars out. And Roman's like, I think I'm going to stay here and make sure the whole plan goes according to plan. And they, Ludacris hits the button and out he flies. But, you know, but, uh, so, but this is, this is really well choreographed. It's yeah. really well done. You get the real sense of the fact that, that because the plane is going down, they really can't move in the right yeah. way. And so it becomes an issue of how do we even move backwards? Because everything is stuck from Forward. gravity to the front of the plane. Yeah. So I thought that I thought that was really well done. And then the crash itself. Okay, so yeah. Russell is knocked out. Um, Davis and Kate are able to get the parachute. Um, they get a parachute on Russell and they get him out of the plane because yes. they're not going to die. Yeah, that's the thing, because they, they don't like Russell because he plays he pulls rank on because he's a Fed. Yeah. And so you have, you know, the uh, the log measuring contest essentially yes, yes, between yeah. between Davis and and Russell. Uh, before they get on, and Dr. Kate's like, yeah, are we done here with this? Can we just... <laughs> I just want to say this. I know some people don't like Jeffrey Dean Stanton, um, and that's fine. You, know, you can have your biases and whatever, and I'm, I'm not a Walking Dead fan. I'm going to say that right now, yep. but I'm a fan of him as an actor. Yes. I think he's a very good actor. Um, I think him in this role, um, he's, he's a Texan, so he has like a, he's supposed to have like that draw. Yeah. Whatever. I think his interaction, him and, and Dwayne Johnson's, their interaction, they are so different in who they are as characters. Right. I think their interaction is good. I, I, I don't mean it the way you would say thing like like in Hobbs and Shaw because like they're designed to be butting heads, yeah. whatever. But at the end of the day, they're still both, you know, excellent at what they do. Right. I think what we get here is we get I'm a fed, I can do this. I'm it's that Texas like I'm I'm a gun, like yeah. I'm a gunslinger. I'm like, he's a cowboy. He's a cowboy, yeah. right? And let's face it, the rock is not a cowboy. No. You know? And I think that interplay is good. Because it leads to the one thing I can say about Rampage that I think some people don't even think we hear. There's a lot of humor in this movie yes. that really works well. Yeah. Because, and I know some people don't like humor. You're getting your humor into my action movie, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, this movie needs it. It's based on a video game. Yeah. Like, this movie is where you want the humor. This and and not, a, the, not a serious video game either. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. A, movie, a, a video game, you climb buildings and punch them. 
Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, but it's not humor in the way you would get like in a movie like Deadpool where it's designed to be over yeah. the top and crazy. Right. This is the the awkwardness. Like they're, they're having a log measuring contest, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And she's like, are you guys kidding me right now? <laughs> like, the world is in danger. You're worried about, you know, like this. And, yeah. Or they're making, you know, snipes at each other because that's what they would do. Yeah. You got the two guys are both used to being in charge. The, when two alphas are together, it's yeah. very hard. They're, no one wants to be the beta. No. You know, kind of thing. No. And Kate is like, I don't care. Just don't care. Right? <laughs> Just don't Let's care. Focus. <laughs> Uh, so and then they steal the, the they, that's another actually good bit of uh, of humor they um, Agent Russell helps them out because he realizes that the military solution yeah. to is not going to work because they 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 drop a bomb on them and when they they basically they they track George and Ralph and they have them in like a box canyon and they're gonna they're gonna hit them with artillery yeah and they shrug it off yeah and so it's like their solution is just get a bigger bomb. So he's like, as we'll see in a little bit here. So it's like he knows that if there's some way that because Doctor Kate's like, we there's a way we can find an antidote, yeah, and we can bring them back to normal and to make them at least stop growing and stop being aggressive. So he's like, he's willing to try that rather than you know more, yeah, more more bad damage, yeah, yeah. So he he helps him out. He basically turns the other way, lets him steal the helicopter, and Davis is going to fly the helicopter. Yeah. And it's actually the medevac chopper. That's why there's nobody mobilizing right, it because right. it's a medical chopper. And she goes, you know how to fly that? He's like, oh, yeah, I know how to fly this. And it goes a little rough. It's all coming back to me. It's all coming back to me. Right but the now. thing is, you're like, it's the rock. He, and he looks. He gets in. You're like, yeah, that guy looks yeah. like he can fly a helicopter. He's flipping switches. Yeah, he knows exactly. what he's doing, right? And you're like, I don't know if he knows what he's doing. So it's hard to fly a helicopter. There's a lot going on. No, no, I understand. No. But remember, he's ex-special forces. Yeah. I can do anything. And it's like... Of course he can do anything, but can he really do this? Yes. Like, you know, kind of thing. Right. They do eventually get it flying. They do. <laughs> so Davis and Kate arrive in Chicago to find George and Ralph tearing through the city as the military struggles to fight against them. The situation worsens when the mutant crocodile, Lizzie, joins the duo, causing even more casualties. Planning to steal an antidote to turn the animals back to normal, Davis and Kate infiltrate Energine's base of operations at the tower and take several vials of it but are caught by the widens as Claire reveals that the antidote only eliminates the animal's enhanced aggressiveness rather than reversing the other effects and shoots Davis, but he survives. That is a long sentence, Wikipedia. That is yeah. a long sentence. Okay, so let's take this scene. So they get to Chicago. George and Ralph have arrived at Chicago and the military is fighting them. And then Lizzie very soon after joins them. We have now crossed the Rubicon where the movie has become the video game because now yes. you have monsters in a major city Yes. Tearing apart the city, knocking down buildings, and the military is fighting them to no avail. That's yeah. exactly the game. Yeah. That is exactly the video game. So, I just want to throw this here. The military has now revealed that they are going to drop, basically, an atom bomb on Chicago. Now, for any of you who ever heard me on Bots, Bugs, and Babes, yeah. you've heard me say, You can't drop an atom bomb on Chicago! Yes. Um, because that's the beginning of the end, of course, with yeah. Peter, I'm Peter Graves. Um, and the idea being is that they're going to just drop an atom bomb on Chicago. Yes. Well, Which is, of course, you know, a bad idea. What? A bad like, idea. Like this is the, this was the good idea. It yeah. did, the first bomb didn't work. Yeah. What 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 ideas did this beat out? Yeah. Like, the, the, an H bomb, maybe. An H -bomb, yeah. yeah. So there's some very cool things. First off, this is uh, at one point. At, at one point in this, the Rock, when they steal the helicopter, he looks at Agent Russell and says, "You're welcome," which is hilarious that the Rock says, "You're welcome." 
Okay, <laughs> all you all you folks out there with kids, or maybe just Disney fans, yeah. you know where we're going with this. Yeah, we're not going to sing the song. But um, so when they get there, one of the thing, one of the uh, one of the pieces of uh, equipment deployed against the monsters is an A10 Thunderbolt. Yep. The uh, the the infantryman's best friend, the yes. anti tank, beloved vehicle of the United States uh, yes. Armed Forces, which was not too long ago put out to pasture, much to the dismay of fans of the Cobra Rattler and Power Glide from Transformers for years. I mean to me, you know, the uh you know the, the, the F fifteen is such the is to me that that's like, you know, the plane of the nineteen eighties oh, yeah, for most yeah, people. Yeah. But the A ten is up there because yeah. that A I mean everybody loves the A ten war dog. I think the issue is uh the the um is Top Gun. Yeah, I mean Top Gun made the F the F fifteen air superiority and all you know, that. It was. I mean, I mean, there are people who only know what a MIG looks like because they saw, uh, you know, Top, a, Gun. Top Gun. Yeah, you know, they don't know. They would never know. But what's a MIG? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's the thing in the movie. Yeah. But the F fifteen. I mean, the I mean, and let's face it, GI Joe's their F fifteen. Uh, what was that called? That was a Sky Striker. Sky Striker. Well, I mean, yeah. it is like one of. It, not everyone. We don't ever know anybody who actually had the flag. No, but we. We had the Sky Striker. Had the Sky Striker. So. Oh, here, and, and, and what? Okay, so the Sky Striker piloted by Ace. Who was Ace's rival? Wild Weasel. What did Wild Weasel pilot? The, the Rattler. The what was the Rattler? An A ten. Yeah. So exactly. there you go. It's yeah. right there. It's all. It's all there. And know, then and then what's the and then let's throw the third big uh, popular military uh, plane from the eighties. The Cobra Night Raven is an SR seventy one Blackbird. Yeah. Okay. The other beloved plane yes, by, yeah, by yeah. Uh, nerds from the eighties. But anyway, yeah. so I, I thought that was cool. They brought the A ten. I agree. Um, so we see Lizzie coming out of the river, and she has such a – again, she looks totally different than the other two, being a, a crocodile. But then she opens her mouth, and it's like somebody watched Godzilla versus Biolante because she's got the long, elongated snout yeah. and all the teeth lining in her mouth like Biolante, and it's like – Damn. Yeah. Now I had said. Now I have seen. I had seen Rampage before. Luke had seen it when we watched it again, um, and I knew it was coming. But when I first saw that, I said, "Oh my God! Are you kidding me? This is this is the money. Yeah. Like this right here. And I, I know some people will will immediately, as you said, it'll look like Biolante. Yeah. But I was like, this is the money shot. Yeah. Right there when she opens her when her maw opens, you're like, oh boy. Yeah. That right there is walking death. Yeah. That is a tank that can't be slowed down. It's an, it's going to eat and eat and eat, and it's just going to tear everything apart. Yeah. You you just found. I mean, we all know the big bad is the the you know Kate and all that whatever. I'm not not it's Kate, Claire. Claire. Yeah. Um, you know, we know she's the big bad because she's the villain. But you're like, oh yeah, that's the bad. Right. You know. Well, you know, it's it's the thing. It's like uh, they they say that you know. Um, the crocodilians, the crocodiles and alligators are like the closest living relatives to yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah. And this, it's like, there you go. Yeah. Right there, right? Yeah. It's like they're, they're it's like they're, they are designed to, to, to find something to eat and kill it. That's what they have evolved to do. And the nice part is here, it's a design that yet it looks familiar if you are familiar with your Daikaiju. Yeah. But yet it's not like, oh, it looks exactly right. like. Yeah. But it, it's similar but not exact. Oh, yeah. I said, the, the mouth made me think of Biolante, but she looks great. Oh, I love her. I mean, yeah. the, all three of the monsters. I mean, people say it's like, well, George is just an ape. And that's true. He is just a big ape. But he's an albino so ape. He's so he's but he's, and he's got so much personality. So and, the, and even the fact that I like this. He keeps the scars. The scars he gets on his chest. 
from the... They heal, but they, they still... They heal, but he's still got the rips yeah. in his fur and stuff. Gives him a lot of personality. Yeah, I think I think what the difference is, is that um, what we saw with the le- legendary... Like, with... Um, um, King of the Monsters? Yeah, eventually... eventually or uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Godzilla vs. Kong and yeah. stuff like that. The Kong, you know, as he's aged and stuff. But we saw it in Skull Island. Yeah. And I, I'm a huge Skull Island guy. Um, and we, you know, when Kong would get... You know, he's still he's still a young king. He's still growing. Yeah. And what happened, he had some scars... And then we see Kong as he's older, and he's his face has been scarred. He's been scarred, and you're yeah. like, "This is a guy who's seen stuff." Yeah, it's it's the it's the difference between when you're looking at like Conan as like a young Conan, and yeah. then like King Conan, right? You know, or you know where he's been the barbarian. He's gone. To, he's been the destroyer. He's been the annihilator. He's been all the things that Conan had to be in those times and right. those books and everything else. The scars that make you who you are mm-hmm. to become the king, right? Right, and that's what it is, and that's just, we saw it with Kong. Yeah, and when we talk about all the Kong movies and stuff, <laughs> George is young. Yeah, but he's becoming like the king. Yeah, and I and I, I I love that reference. I also love the reference, and I know some people will say um, what um, whatever they will say that um, you know uh, um, George being albino, you think of some Kong. Yes. But he's certainly not Son of Kong. I mean, certainly, no. you know, Kiko is very different and stuff yeah. like that. But my reference here is much more George Young. You know, kind of mm-hmm. Mighty Joe Young. Yeah. You know, kind of, well, not, you know, they're giving Mr. You know, whatever, Mr. You know, Joseph Joe Young. Young. Joseph Mr. Young. Mr. Not, Joseph Young. Not jo- George Young. Yeah. Former GM of the Giants. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although he did kind of look like a, a, a bald and girl, uh, too. Well, That's another story. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I always found, and I saw this, I thought of Joe Young. Yeah. And how protective he was mm-hmm. and how he was, because Joe is very protective of, you know, obviously in the movie and then Joe becomes, he fights the lions. I mean, yeah. the original Mighty Joe Young um, is a classic. Not that the new one wasn't great, but new it was. One, the new one actually, the remake of Mighty Joe Young is very good. But it's, it's just hard, different. It's different and it's hard to touch that original. Yeah, too. the original just, but because it's also Harry Housen. Yeah. Um, but I love that they kind of have him being the young king here yeah. because he's growing. Yeah. And growing. And you have to, in your mind, go, if he doesn't stop growing, he's going to turn into King Kong. Yeah. It's it's there. Right. You know, still, you're like, but, but you're, and you're rooting so hard for George. Right. You're, he doesn't want to be bad. No, he, just, he can't control himself yeah, he can't with the stop. level of yeah. aggression and the, the frequency driving him crazy. Um, so then, uh, okay, so Davis and Kate... They go into Energine. They go into the lab. They find they Wait, they, they see, break into the lab, which is funny. Okay, so the, the, he's a rock's trying to like hit the buttons and do whatever. How do you get in? She just takes it. She takes the chair. Just sh- yeah. smashes the window out. She's like, I'm tired of waiting. Let's go. He's like, Oh, I approve. I approve. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they find the they find the antidote just in time for Claire and Brett to find them. Yes, because they know they're there, and so they take them up to the to the roof, and that is where. Oh no! They don't take. They before they take him up to the roof. They will never help you. Yeah. And so that's when she Claire shoots Davis. Yes. And my note is that she is stone cold. Oh. Claire in this movie and Malin Ackerman is perfectly cast because you know I was sick of her again. A Silk Spectre. Yes. Not showing emotion and stuff like that. And it's like she shoots him without a second thought. Yeah. yeah. And even her brother is kind of taken aback yeah. that she just shot a guy. Yeah. You know, and they're in their building, and they then so then so we move into the next part of the. Uh, of the of our synopsis here, so they she takes them up onto the roof. George climbs to the top along with Ralph and Lizzie, all of the monsters, because the transmitters on the top of the roof are climbing the building. Remember that; that's important. When George climbs to the top of the tower, Claire orders Davis to distract him while she attempts to escape with Kate at gunpoint. Kate slips a vial 
of the antidote into Claire's handbag and pushes her off the side of the building towards George, who swallows Claire whole along with the vial, returning him to his normal personality. Okay, let's pause there for a second. Yeah. So, they're up on the roof. The transmitter's up on the roof. Remember, I said that this was basically the game, you know, before, where you're destroying a city while fighting the military. In the game Rampage, you climb up buildings and smash them as you go up them. We see literally... Or, yeah, climb up and smash your way down. Or, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So we see a scene where they have shot the... It's the... the um, it's the tower... Yeah. The Willis Tower, and who is, and all three monsters are climbing up it, smashing holes in it as they climb up the tower. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, rampage. Yes. Right there. So I've, that, that popped me. I will not lie. Yeah. And this is the other thing. And this, I want, I want to twist your, or, or press your mind on this one because I'm not, I'm pretty sure, but not 100% sure. So when we see Claire, she is now wearing a red dress in this scene. Yes. Okay. And she is wearing, and she's in the red dress, and then Kate puts the antidote in her bag, and she gets knocked in, and George eats her. Okay. There is, in certain stages of Rampage, there are people you can eat, right? When you punch into the building, sometimes you pick up people and eat them. There's a bathtub, is, and yeah, there's something in the bathtub is people in general that you eat, and they restore a little health. There, at least in the Sega Master System one. There's a red dress. There is a girl in a red dress. And if you punch where she is, she will fall. Yes. And if you grab her, you hold her. Yes. It's like Fay Ray yes. in King Kong. And then, but event, I think eventually you can't eat her. Eventually you drop her. I don't remember if you drop her and you then, and then can pick her up and eat her. Or if you, that I don't remember. But I definitely know she's the one who falls and you try to catch her. Yes. Because otherwise she gets to the ground and she runs away. Yeah. But you want... When she's run, I think when, she, when she's running, you can eat her. Yeah. Because when you eat her, you gain more power. And if you're holding her, your your points, you're getting a bonus. Yeah, you're rolling up. Yeah. So because you're now limiting your ability to punch. Yeah. So there you go, wearing a red dress, and then there. So that that again, I have to assume that is uh, all of that. All of this has to be yeah. put in there. Yeah. So uh, so after that, um, uh, okay. So Claire gets eaten. Brett runs away. Goes downstairs and so... Brett does exactly what Brett does. Yeah. He runs away. He's like, I don't want nothing to do with this and gets out of there. So Blow, uh, Russell, Agent Russell, who has also made his way to Chicago, takes incriminating evidence from Brett, who is then crushed to death by okay. falling debris immediately upon stepping outside. So Brett's got all the computer. He's got the computer with all the stuff on it. Yep. And he's got the rat. Yes. The, 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 the control rat, The control rat that must have whatever inside of it, right? Yeah. And he's, he's like, he's like, well, let's make a trade. I'll, I'll take the, give me the rat and give me this and you can go. Really? Yeah. Awesome. And he turns and runs away and yeah, takes one step outside and is crushed by Mason. And it's the best. He's like, oh, that wasn't good. Yeah. And it's just so Jeffrey D. Stanton. It's so like, you know, like, because he you know, was like, oh, God. He was like, oh, oh, that sucks for you, man. That sucks for you. you. <laughs> so, um, so as the damaged tower topples, Davis and Kate survive by crash landing a helicopter onto the Federal Plaza. So, Okay, so the the building starts buckling. Yes. And again, yeah. that's exactly like the game. When you do enough damage to the building, yeah. it yeah. starts crumbling, and you got to get off because if you're on it, when it falls, you take damage. Yes. Okay. And the way they get off it is it's kind of imaginative because he said, are you going to fly a helicopter? No, I'm going to crash a helicopter. So they strap themselves into the helicopter. Yeah, to crash. To crash it, thinking that there's a chance they might survive, because at least they'll be strapped into the harness. Yeah, in the helicopter. So, because otherwise you're going to be falling off the top of the Sears Tower. Right. So you, I mean, ain't, you ain't going to win that one. This, so this movie has two aircraft that crash that people survive in. So, for whatever that's worth. Okay, so 
Davis stays to help George defeat the other animals while Kate and Russell rush to prevent the military from deploying a Moab against them. Moab, mother of all bombs. That's the largest payload non-nuclear weapon in the American arsenal. I know I, know I said you can't you know, drop an atom you bomb. You can't drop an atom bomb on Chicago! But that because it's just funny, but it's a Moab. It's that's a Moab. what they're doing. So. Um, George fights Ralph, whom Davis tricks, him towards, into, tricks into advancing towards Lizzie, who decapitates him using her jaws. Okay, so this is, it's it, it's on. It's round one because it's George and Davis versus Ralph and Wizzy. And so the, the fight is going on. Davis picks up a, it's a, uh, I don't know the exact name. It's a grenade launcher. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the exact name of this model. If you've watched like a lot of, like you've seen Terminator 2, you know what we're yeah, talking about. Right, yeah. Uh, so, so he's on with the grenade launcher. And uh, and George is with there with him, and they're facing down. And so they start. He starts tangling with Ralph. Ralph then, because one of the things they talk about is it's not just uh, that these things also enhance other genetic qualities and impart them on him. So now Ralph, instead of just being a wolf, also has skin flaps under uh, his limbs that allow him to glide like a flying squirrel. Yeah, he comes up and flies, and he goes, "Of course, the wolf can fly." <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot like kind of the Japanese version of Varan. Yes, because Varan can can glide. So yeah. now, now he's not because he's already the fastest one to begin with, and now he can mm-hmm. he can f- glide along and fly. So I do like this. They they trick the monsters into fighting each other because they are just animals. They mm-hmm. don't have George has a personality because again we you know we talk about this all the time. Primate closer to human, uh, you know. Even a wolf as a mammal is just recognizably different. Yeah. And then you have a, a, a reptile who's the furthest away. Yeah. But it, but it's it's a lot like in, uh, you know you think well Kong's a thinking animal you know kind of thing yeah. like that idea like like you know King Kong versus Godzilla you know you when you look back at the you know the original yes. kind of thing yeah. like. Kong doesn't have quite the advantages that Godzilla has, but he can outthink Godzilla. Right. You know, kind of thing. He can use reason and logic and stuff. George is severely outmanned here. Yes. Right? But he can reason better yeah. than the wolf and certainly better than the crocodile. Yes, so. absolutely. Uh, so, and then as I, they, they get him to fight. And then Lizzie, you said that she was the, the killer oh. right there. Takes him out. Just decapitates him in one shot. The, the wolf has, has destroyed everything in his path. Right? Ralph has killed everything in his path. Lizzie takes his head right off. Yeah. Just like nothing. Gone. Right. Uh, I mean, that, but then that, that's, like we talked, that's what a crocodile does. Mm-hmm. They are designed to kill with their jaws. That is everything they've evolved to do. Wow. Yeah. So Lizzie chases Davis. George intervenes in time for Davis to incapacitate her using grenades. However, Lizzie survives and overpowers George and in doing so is knocked back and impaled by a pile of rebar yeah. that has been exposed with the building collapsing. Davis distracts Lizzie using a fallen Apache attack helicopter, is nearly killed before George stabs Lizzie through the eye with the rebar, killing her. So this is what you were talking about, the ability to use, and, we, and this, was, this was done so well in the MonsterVerse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the idea of, that Kong could use tools and weapons because he could think, and George does the same thing here. He is impaled by the rebar, and that looks painful when he gets mm-hmm. impaled because he goes right through his, right through, from his back out his chest, and it's like, ow. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's. I mean, I've seen that with not with rebar, but with like stainless steel filament yeah. that'll go right through your finger, kind yeah. of thing. It's like that's painful enough. Yeah. I can't imagine with rebar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then pulling the rebar out and stabbing Lizzie with it through the eye, realizing yeah. that I can't stab this thing through its head. Yeah, I got to find the weak point. Go through the eye. Go through the eye. And this, I think, is what. 
okay, so Rampage came out. This is, I mean, obviously before, you know, Kong versus Godzilla now, yes. I think, right? But I think what people were getting here um, was kind of a, a preview yeah. of what we knew we would get eventually when they had, when Legendary got around to doing Kong and Godzilla together. Right. Yeah. I think what we got here was um, an intelligent way of using the situation around it. The, the, you know, he doesn't have, he's not going to, he's not going to make a weapon. It's just, well, I got a, I got a stick. You know, my stick happens to be a thing of rebar and whatever. And let's be honest, there is nothing going to stop Lizzie. Yeah. Like she's not going to stop growing. Mm -hmm. You can't kill her. Like you have to do this. This, this had to be how she dies. Yeah. And I think that her death here makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. Because it gives vindication to the entire time you've been rooting for George anyway. Yeah, right. You know, George gets to be the hero. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? uh, so with the threat neutralized, uh, Agent Russell is able to get the airstrike aborted. George and Davis, joined by Dr. Kate and Russell, help clear the city of debris and rescue civilians. Now, a couple of things. And uh, I'll mention this and then we'll jump back a little bit. The clear the city of debris and rescue civilians, that's, that is one of the things that Dr. Kate and Russell are saying. Because the military keeps getting intel... The, Downtown Chicago is evacuated. Downtown Chicago is evacuated, but it's clearly not. There are clearly people who are still either trying to get out or otherwise can't leave. And if they drop the Moab, they're going to kill hundreds of thousands of people at a minimum. Of U.S. citizens on U.S. soil. Yeah, and it's like that that cannot be the solution, you know. So that little scene of where they see everybody that is getting helped out of the city, everyone that was trapped in there. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, that was always the that was always the uh, the the knock that certain people had on man on, on Man of Steel, yeah. right? And then that's why those that's why those scenes were put into Age of Ultron, yeah. where they show people doing crowd control. And so I like that. It still kind of plays with that idea that you can't just you can't wipe out hundreds of thousands of your own people. Yeah. I'm sorry that that's not a solution that works. Yeah. You know, yeah. the monsters didn't kill that many people. Yeah, you know. But jumping back a little bit, so George is still severely wounded yeah. from his fight, and then dies. Appear, yeah. He, he he his eyes go glassy and he stops moving, and you see Davis and and Kate are mourning, and you know, and Davis is devastated that the the, the little gorilla that his he saved bro- his, his yeah. little brother essentially has died saving everyone, except that George has a sense of humor. And so you see him twitch a little bit. He's like, George, did you just move? He's like, mm-mm. <laughs> and yeah, so he is playing dead just to screw with Davis because that's what brothers do. So the end of the movie has a little bit of interaction between Davis and obviously George um, that might not be appropriate for this oh, show. no, um, no. Because it's funny in what he says and whatever because um, they're signing it with each other. And again, this movie is PG-13, so, yeah. but it definitely leans into the PG-13 and the things on the aspects of some of what the little humor things. Right. It's not, oh my God, it's like the worst thing we've ever seen, but it may not be age appropriate no. for the show. No. But it cracked us both up so hard. Oh, yeah. Um, and of course, George survives because, you know, he's got it. You, yeah. you couldn't kill off George. I mean, it, it would be the worst ending ever. You no. would just rip your heart out, you no. know, kind of thing. So Yeah. So they survive and they help everybody out and... Um, we don't get like a uh, any any after scenes or anything like that. One can assume that they simply found a rather large uh, wildlife preserve sure. for George to, to live out on. Uh, so that is Rampage. Jay, you are the guest. What did you think of, of oh, Rampage? Man. This movie's great. We watched this. 
Um, I didn't, of course, I didn't, I, I don't go to movie theaters. Well, no one goes to movie theaters right now, really, but I'm saying, but like, even back in the day, I don't go to movie theaters. I don't do these things. Um, you know, so my daughter wanted to see this and stuff. So we, you know, of course, bought it when it came on Blu-ray and stuff. We watched it at night. She loved it. My wife loved it. It's, it's a, to me, it, I mean, it's, it's not a perfect family movie because there is violence and stuff depending on your family. But for my family, this is a perfect family movie. Yes. Right? It's got great characters. It's got The Rock. It's got Jeffrey D. Stanton. It's got good actors throughout. The, the humor is good. Appropriate humor. They break up some of the tension. The special effects are on knockout. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy enough yes. where you're not like, oh, there's too much science, too much boring. Yeah. And it's not like... What are we watching? You right. know, kind of it's not right. it's not too ridiculous, but it's just you know enough where it's it's a good popcorn movie. Yeah, it's a perfect sit down popcorn movie. Movies do not need to change your life. Not every movie needs to like speak to you on every single level. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can just have a really good time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really what it is. I mean, it's uh, it it it's based on a video game, so it should be entertaining. It should be fun. Yeah. It's fast paced. It's got a lot of action. It's got great special effects. It doesn't, it doesn't, I don't know that it's a particularly ambitious movie, yeah. but it doesn't need to be. Yeah. Because it, it's, you're adapting Rampage. Yeah. This is a perfect way to adapt Rampage. It's yeah. about monsters destroying a city. Sure. And it takes it and it adds character, it adds heart, and oh, it yeah. makes us care about one of the monsters in yeah. this. And I know there were some, there were some complaints like, well, you know, in the original Rampage, there are not animals that become monsters, there are people that become monsters. And it's like, okay, that's a fair thing. But it's like, did that really matter? Yeah. Did you care about that except when you ran out of energy and you turned back into the little naked human? You know? Because I didn't. Because I'll tell you right now, in the two-player game, when you turn back into turning, you always wanted to race. I always raced on the villain and tried to eat Luke. Try to eat him. Yeah, yeah. because that's a big bonus. Like, it's come a big on, bonus. He's like, oh, stop, dude. Now you're going to drop me in. I'm like, I know, but I'm going to eat you. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed the heck out of this. Like I said, it does have... Some some parts that are like from a monster violence standpoint can be kind of high, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything really all that outlandish no. for a PG thirteen no. movie. So I think this is this. I think my honestly, I do think my kids would probably enjoy this because again, they like monsters and stuff like that too. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is that it didn't get a lot of great reviews um, because again, it's just not the kind of movie that's going to get great reviews from all those you know. Every, when everyone wants to like be high this and high that, and it's like. Great. So, you know, um, what is it? What is it that, uh, um, um, uh, what's his face? Iron Man. Um, Tony Stark? No, no, no. Oh, um, uh, Robert, 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 Robert Harry Jr. Yeah. says. He goes, there's, there's, he goes, some people make movies because they want to make art. I make movies that make lots and lots of money. <laughs> right? And, and let's be honest here. Is anyone saying, well, Robert Downey Jr., like he makes, like no one hates him because he's in movies that make a lot of money. Right. He's making movies that you love. Yeah. Right? You know, mm-hmm. whether whether you love all the Avengers movies, don't, whatever. I mean, Robert Downey, he's on TV. People are like, oh, Iron Man. Yeah. Like, oh, Tony Stark. Like, you know, like The Rock Center. Oh, The Rock. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's, it doesn't have to be, you know, Shakespeare. It doesn't have to be, you know, the deep, like, oh, like, yes, can they, make, can they make those movies? Of course they can. But yeah. they, this is not that type of movie. And this is a fun movie. Yes. Um, I think if you have... Uh, like Luke said, children who enjoy monsters. Yes, you will. They will like this. I think so. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. If you enjoy monsters, and mm-hmm. let's face it, you're listening to a Daikaiju podcast. Chances are you might. You might like monsters. You'll like this movie too. Absolutely. Because there's enough reference to the 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 you know the the Japanese you know Toho kind of stuff. Yeah. And there's enough reference to the American. Yeah. When the in the you know King Kongs and Santa mm-hmm. Kong and stuff like that, right? It's a nice blend. Yeah. It's a nice middle. I'll be honest, Lizzie 
her design and the toys that came out oh, with this yeah. are phenomenal. Right. And yet people are like, well, I don't know. I'm like, I mean, okay, but what do you want it to be? Yeah. Right. Like, if she was a straight-up crocodile, it'd be boring. Right. If she was Godzilla, you'd be like, okay, rip off. Mm-hmm. Right? So she's her own creature. Yeah. And I'll be honest, if if Lizzie, if that creature was to show up in a Godzilla, an American, I shouldn't say an American Godzilla, in a legendary oh, picture. A monsterverse. A monsterverse picture. A monster yeah. She 100% fits in. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely she does. I mean, I could see her battling... And then pick whatever other, yeah. like, I don't know if they ever made, just a hint, Titanosaurus would be mm-hmm. cool. Titanosaurus. Uh, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, or Mechanicong, but I know. Yeah. Right? I'm saying is, wouldn't that be cool <laughs> if you had Lizzie yeah. and then some kind of, like, quote-unquote Titanosaurus yeah. kind of creature in the Monsterverse? Right. You know, was like, what? They totally fit. Of course. I mean, yeah. you could see her fighting. Something that even like a Rodan, you know, yeah. or a Mothra, where it's a, a winged animal versus a land animal. Mm-hmm. Like, the, it works because she looks like walking death. Oh, yeah. A tank a tank of teeth. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I mean, I mean I, and frankly, I know it's, it's, the wrong, it's the wrong outfit, right? Because this is... Uh, Warner Brothers, right? This is Warner's, not... Uh, well, I mean, I guess, you know, it's legendary. They'll work with apparently anybody now. Yeah. They, the whole thing with them and Warner's was a little sour because of that HBO Max deal. But there's no reason I couldn't see these crossing over uh, and and doing that. It's never going to happen, but, you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, the Battletoads teamed up with the guys from Double Dragon, so anything can happen, you know. So, actually, Rampage was actually nominated for three Teen Choice Awards, which I know doesn't seem like much. Um, yeah, but well, was, to those people that dissed the Teen Choice Awards, like, how many of you won? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I'm saying. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, I mean, it was nominated. Obviously, The Rock was nominated. Naomi Harris was nominated. And it was nominated for Best Sci-Fi Movie. Um, because, again, this would this actually would probably hit well with, you know, Teens. teenagers. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's... You know, got killing. It's yeah, got monsters. It's got monsters. It's got yeah. the rock. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is so we, we. I call them things. I call them popcorn movies. Yeah, we would used to when we were kids. We would call them date movies. Date movies. This is a date movie. Absolutely. You know, like when you were dating whoever, and I was, you know, whatever, in, yeah. in, who may or may not be our wives now. You know, kind of thing. If a movie like this was playing at yeah. the, the little, you know, whatever theater we're going to, right? You would sit there, get a bucket of popcorn, watch it. it no one's going to be terrified. Yeah. No one's going to be mad at you. You know, you'd have a good time. Right. Oh yeah. No. That. It, it's, it's it you know we talked about this way back on Son of Godzilla the sure, idea that sure. that Tomiyuki Tanaka thought if we make this that it can be appealing to a more general audience then exactly that couples would go see it on dates yeah. not just men would go see it because it's a science fiction movie right. type of thing so I, I I I was really really I was always jazzed for this in general because I'm a big fan of the game but I thought this came out really well. And I'm glad that we got to cover it here on the show. Uh, there is talk of a sequel or possibly a trilogy. Uh, sure, I am yeah. on board with that. I can tell you again, from World Tour, there are plenty of other monsters that they can mine from the World Tour games and stuff if they want inspiration. So I think the issue, the stumbling block might be the fact that this is 2018. Now, I mean, still we're getting this. The Rock is so busy. Yeah. Um, because literally every project... I mean, he has to be very picky and choosing what mm-hmm. projects he takes. And I mean, right now they're doing what the the one with him and Kevin Hart, where they're the uh, the, the, the super animals, right? Oh, you know, the uh, yeah, the no, Legion of Super Pets, right, right? Yeah, you know, kind of thing where it's like he's trying to diversify himself. I mean, he, you know, he's he's out there doing, still doing the movies he needs to be doing and whatever right. and kind of thing. But it's hard because you know, if you make the sequel and the Rock's not in it, yeah, is it makes sense. 
um, you know, different thing. I don't know. I think that's where I think this stumbling block's going to fall. But to be honest with you, if no sequel ever occurs, I'm okay with that Perfectly too. It's standalone. It's a standalone itself. movie. Absolutely. Because you know why? It fits with other movies of its type. Yeah. The, those family friendly. You know, kind of, you know, science fiction, but not too science, not, not too Jack Arnold, if those of you who yeah, know what I mean, yeah. you know, kind of thing. It's enough science where it's there, but, not, you know, not super crazy in, you know, science and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's, what would nice about this is it's a, it, as a movie, you kind of watch it, you, you have a good time, you, it's a nice memory, it's a nice night, it's a nice, you know, family get together. You know, this is a good summer movie. Yeah. You know, definitely. kind of thing. You know, yeah. like maybe you're at, the, maybe you're at the pool during the day. You have some, you know, you're having a summer night, you know, like kind of some ice cream watching this. Yeah. You're not going to be like, oh, I, I need you to sleep with the night light on yeah. and stuff. It's not scary, you yeah. know, kind of thing. So, no. I, like I said, I, I think it works really well as a, both just a straight up uh, giant monster movie. And as a uh, as an adaptation of a video game, yeah. I think it's it's one actually I'm gonna it's one of the best video game movies I've ever seen. I don't know, I am a big fan despite all of its flaws of Mortal Kombat, the original Mortal the Kombat. Movie. Yes, is one. I mean that movie is straight up nuts. And the, yeah. the, the I read an article. They basically the description was that movie kicked the ass of everyone who worked on it in front and behind the camera. But I'm trying to think of another video game movie. Yeah, like a video game, not not a comic book, right? You know, because people are like, oh, how about like, the, and like, you know, not a, not a comic book that happened also a video, video game, game, yeah, right? Because then let's face it, every Batman movie, every Spider Man movie, yeah. every Avenger movie, you know, kind of thing, um, just a straight comic book. I mean, straight, excuse me, video game adaption. You know, movies that come to mind are like Doom, yeah, things like that. They're just not quite up to st- like the Resident Evils. I know some people some love, people really love like those, yeah. you know, yeah. but to me, they just never quite hit. They didn't do it. The first Resident Evil was not horrible, but yeah. I don't think it quite hit where I wanted it to be yes. as Resident Evil. Right. Uh, Silent Hill. The original Silent, Silent Hill, Hill is yeah. a very good movie at parts. Yeah. And in other parts, you're like, what? Yeah. Si- what? The, the problem with that with Silent Hill, that's, it, it's redundant. Yeah. It, it's, I said that at the time. It's like, can we be mad at a, comp, at a, excuse me, at a video game movie for being repetitive? Yeah. It's like video games by their nature tend to be repetitive. repetitive. And I think that's what the problem is. It has very, it has some visuals that are stunning, but yet doesn't do it. This actually gives us the, the fun of a video game. Yeah. I think that's what I think missing from sometimes from video game movies. Yeah. They're either, like Super Mario, brought, like Super Mario, the movie. Yes. I think right? the movie is crazy. Crazy, but it's not like the video game. It's like, what are we watching here? Yeah. You know, and I and I'm and again, it's not me trying to knock other movies and stuff like that and saying this is the greatest film ever. Yeah. But for a video game adaptation, this does what it says on the tin. Exactly. And there is one thing, and Luke will back me up on this. My biggest complaint about any movie is don't be boring. Yep. Right. If 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 you want to be, you know. Nuts, crazy, all out there, yeah. fine. Just don't be boring. Be boring. Because bo- nothing's worse than boring. I'd rather be saying, I don't know what I just watched. That was the most crazy thing ever. And, and maybe it was good. It probably was bad. Yeah. But don't be boring. Because be bo- nothing is worse than boring. Yeah. You don't so, want to be in the middle. That's yeah. exactly right. This right. movie is not. This no, movie this is, 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 it's, it's up to 11 pretty much the entire yeah. time. So, uh, if you'd like to own this, I know it Gosh. is out on. Uh, that there is, uh, you can get it on digital, you can get it on Blu-ray, you get it on DVD, it's on, uh, I'm sure you can get it on Vudu and all the, um, I'm not, I don't believe it's on any streaming services to stream, uh, but I know that, like, I have the It dip. might be on HBO Max. That's a good point. I, Warner it, Brothers, I bet you it is on HBO It's probably Max. on HBO Max. Um, not 100% sure off the top of my head. I know, I know that there's, 
obviously, uh, you know, the, the, there was the 3D Blu-rays and stuff like that. And you can get all those things. That, the, like, they even put an Ultra 4K of it out. They can get yeah. it for like 13 bucks. Right. So um, if, you, if you want it's on, it's, it's on Prime Video. Yeah. You can, you can rent it on Prime Video and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm thinking, though, it might actually be on... Uh, HBO Max again. Certain movies come and go on yeah. HBO Max, and you know, as because it's whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, it's hard. It's sometimes it's hard to tell. Be- yeah. It's because of the relationship they have with Warner Brothers, right? But certain certain movies they have a relationship. Say, okay, this movie may be on for these three months, and then come off for a month. And yeah, and it, it's all good. But it's a movie that's available. It's out there. You're, yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna look too hard. You're not gonna be like, where can I find it? Yeah. So I now throw it to you, the listener. Have you seen Rampage? Did you play Rampage? Were you one of those? Folks, like when we were in high school, that was, that was addicted to Rampage World Tour. Do you like The Rock? You know? <laughs> I mean, I hear he's popular. I don't know. You know, I don't have my finger on the pulse of society. Or nothing. You guys know more about that stuff yeah, than I, I don't, do. I don't read those rag sheets. But uh, So please, write in Earth Destruction Directive at Yahoo.com. I'd love to hear from you. We can talk about it here on the show. Jay, thank you so much for joining us uh, today to talk about Rampage. Why don't you tell everybody where else they can find you on the internet? Awesome. So anywhere you found Earth Destruction Directive, just look for Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-movie podcast from Classic to Coles and the Cheese in Between. The movies are, might be, the movies are B, the entertainment is great A. Uh, you'll find on that show another all ages, just like Earth Destruction Directive. Um, very often, uh, it's my dad and I, or Luke, it's our dad, yes. obviously, uh, you know, talking. Luke has been on very, many times. We have other, um, you know, guests, you know, authors and stuff like that as well. And we talk about B movies, and B movies, of course, uh, are the kind of stuff that we cut our teeth on. Yeah. Um, and our dad is the, I don't know, the biggest King Kong fan of my entire life. Yeah. And that has influenced us a lot. But we, we, you know, we cover all kinds. Our B movies go back to the 30s and stuff like that. We go up to the current day. I mean, I try to find different kind of different topics and mix them around, just like you do on this show too. Yeah. Yep. But. It is all straight movies. There's not, uh, and we do talk about some television you stuff as TV, well, yeah. but but there's not comic books and stuff like yes. that um, because it's just because we want to talk about the 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 importance of those movies, the genre movies genre. that uh, are that sometimes um, you know are lost in the shuffle or you know they're not up to snuff, and yet let's face it, they're some of the best movies ever. Are genres? Yeah. Um, the other two places you can find me uh, are not. Kid friendly. Nope. Um, that would be on the startling vault of horror monster tales of terror, yep. where my brother Luke, uh, myself, and uh, OG Chris Honeywell, uh, and uh, of course Chris the Hairmail Hero Tyler, well, were there talking horror movies. And that one hundred percent is not kid friendly. Nope. Nobody talk. Uh, neither neither the podcast nor the content. Yes, is nothing is kid friendly on, on there. Um, but that's okay if you're an adult and you you know like horror movies. Come listen to us talk about all different kinds of horror. And then the last one is get back to the wrestling. Finally, there's a place on the internet for professional wrestling uh, where we talk about wrestling. Yes. And that show is obviously Luke and myself, and then of course uh, the hair metal hero Chris Tyler. Uh, and that show is not age appropriate because not because the wrestling may not be appropriate. I mean, you make your own choices for your own children. Yeah. Um, but Sometimes there's colorful language that comes out of my mouth Mm -hmm. um, about pro wrestling because I feel very passionate about it. Um, As we said about Watchmen, elicit strong emotional Yes, yes. Um, So those are the places if you want to hear me. But, of course, Bots, Bugs, and Babies is the main place. Um, Those are shows are, you know, like they they do at times – crossover mm-hmm. um you know kind of thing luke has been on many times to yeah. discuss not necessarily giant monster movies either you know no. kind of thing. Yeah, we talk about all kinds of stuff um and i think if you enjoy 
that kind of talk, blunt talk about like, you know, let's be real about this movie. You know, yeah. what's, is this movie really good? Is this re- like, what makes it good? And it's yeah. not just as good as bad. It's like, what made it? Why are effects important? Why are those things like that? Um, I think you might enjoy it, but you know, you guys make your own choices, yeah. but I'm, I'm more than welcome to come join us in the, uh, in the triple B. I think I think if you listen to Destruction Directive, you if you don't already listen to Butts Bugs yeah. Page, you should check it out because the shows kind of complement each other. You know, Jay, you were talking about getting to the root of whether why something is good or bad. Uh, I come back to this all the time, and as I've gotten older, I've come back to it more. It's what the Joker says to Vicky Vale in the <laughs> art museum. He goes, "This is attractive. That is not. I've moved past all that now." You know, that's what I really feel like I've I've come to uh, between that and uh, you want to get nuts. Come on, let's get nuts. That's pretty much defining a lot of me as an adult here. But in any event, um, I want to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show. Really appreciate it. As I always say, you know, a Destruction Directive and all podcasts, they're a labor of love, and yeah. so we definitely appreciate your, your patronage. Also, like to take a moment, just let everyone know that Earth Destruction Directive is for everyone. If you are interested in giant monsters, be they uh, American in this case, or Japanese, or what have you, uh, you are welcome to be a part of the show in any way that you feel comfortable to interact with us, to reach out uh, however you want to. All are welcome at Earth Destruction Directive. Um, so we've reached the end of that show. End of that, that, that time in the show when we get to the end, we always have to, to look forward, not backwards, and upwards and not forwards, and always twirling, twirling, twirling. <laughs> and the question is, Luke, what are we going to cover next time? Well, you know, we've done a comic and now we've done a movie, so I think we need to switch, switch back to the small screen, and we're going we're gonna to do a little bit more of Ultraman, from not, the original Ultraman from 1966. We are going to be taking a look at the next two episodes of that series, which is episode 28 and 29. No, I don't know which monsters those are because I didn't write it down. And believe it or not, I don't have those memorized. I do. I talk to some guys who are like, oh, well, actually, you know, the monster Naranga first appears. It's like, okay, man, look, that's why we have a Wikipedia. That's yeah. why I've got it printed out so I can see what monsters are. I'll be honest with you, folks, I can't help it all either because I've definitely never seen them. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not a... This and this might surprise you is that um, my brother and I have different tastes in certain things. We have a lot of things. No, I know it's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> some people don't believe that. They believe whatever Luke likes, I must like, and vice versa. And that's not always true. Now, yeah. the reason is because a lot of what we a like, a lot of stuff uh, does. There, there's there's a lot in the. If you think of it as a um, a Venn diagram, Venn diagram, right? There's a lot in the in the crossover in the middle part. You know, yeah. the, where the union of A and B are together, right, right there. Yes. They're the intersection right there there's a lot there but there's some that must live with J and some must live with L and not in the J in the intersection with L yeah so but hey you know but always fun to do Ultraman it's also fun because the kids love Ultraman because we've been watching Ultra. we watched Ultraman Z and we've been watching Ultraman Trigger awesome and Ultra Fight Galaxy so breaking out one of those Mill Creek Blu-rays to watch Ultraman is usually a pretty successful thing so please come on back for that uh, Jay, thank you very much for, for joining us again. Uh, everyone, thank you once again for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Would love to hear what you think about Rampage. And please come back next time for some Ultraman. And until then, keep them stomping. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Daikaiju podcast produced and created by me, Luke Giaconetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at to truefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. 
all movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you would like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I try to respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I will read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at 2TrueFreaks.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave a review on your podcatcher of choice if you'd like. You can find me on Facebook. Just search for first name Luke, last name E-D-D. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter. Just search for the handle at LJacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. The theme song for this podcast is Future Gladiator by Kevin McLeod, downloaded from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun here on Earth Destruction Directive. Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF (laughs) moment if I ever saw one.